Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I can't believe my live show is today as you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you listen to it on Mondays, in which case it was yesterday. But I'm just really excited about it. And I'm really happy that it happened and that you guys came to support. Before we get into the episode with Cammie, which was such a fun episode, she is a delight. There's no surprise why she has so many fans. She was so fun to talk to. And I had a really great time on her podcast too. We actually had another episode slated for this week, but I decided to release Cammie's one because that other episode was way outdated. And it was with divorce lawyers that we recorded before I got married. And I feel like we need to re-record on that one, which we're going to get to. But two, because Cammie is so amazing. So I know you're going to love the episode today. Before we get into that, just going to talk about a little some current events and then some things that you wanted me to go over. And then we'll get right into the episode. So yeah, the Will Smith and Chris Rock situation. I mean... I'm not like a pop culturist. Is that a word? I don't know. But I definitely wanted to share a few thoughts on this because I did relate a little bit to just like flying off the handle. I've never slapped anyone other than like my sister, but you know how sisters get. But what I do know is that part of the reason or something I've experienced is part of the reason I went to therapy to CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy years ago is because I'm not... And now now I'm better at it, but I was just not in control of my actions and reactions. And that type of therapy helps you to control your emotions a little bit better. And I needed that. I really did. And when I came in, I like to think that I'm very fair and balanced as a Libra. Sorry in advance, because we talk about Libra-ness a lot in this episode. But I like to think I'm fair and balanced. And so my initial thought in reacting to something is always on point. It's always fair. That's not fair. This is what's fair. But it's all about how I convey that thought. And many, many times growing up dealing with friends or dealing with family members, I would feel left out, let's say, or think something was wrong or unfair. And instead of stating that in a mature, normal way, I would yell or bitch someone out or react to it very poorly. And then I would just be called crazy and psycho. And that wasn't helpful. But 
Also, it was my own fault because it doesn't matter how right you are in a situation. It's all about how you react to it. So some skills that I used, that I learned and then subsequently used from CBT therapy are staying in wise mind. There's emotion mind and there's wise mind. And when you're in emotion mind, you do things that are solely based off your emotions, their emotional reactions, which is what Will Smith had. Uh, When you're in wise mind, you are able to think about what the consequences of your actions are and what your goal is in that moment. Like, is your goal to make the Oscars all about what like you slapping somebody and overshadow so many amazing things that are happening that night. No, your goal is to make Chris Rock aware that what he said is absolutely unacceptable. But when you act in emotion mind, you forget the goal. It's all about remembering what your goal is when we're walking through this earth, right? what's your goal? Don't, if, if it's this, don't let your emotions get in the way. And it sounds hard. And you're like thinking, you're listening to me thinking like, but my reocean, my emotions, reocean's, what am I talking about? But my emotions are valid. And you're right. Your emotions are valid 100%. But unfortunately we live in a society and in a society, we can't act like our animal selves. So we have to kind of mask the not mask these emotions but learn how to deal with them in a normal way that is accepted from society but most importantly that doesn't make you look insane when in reality your thought was rational but your emotion got you to a crazy place so i think my point there is just to say that will smith was not in wise mind he was in emotion mind what Chris Rock said was not okay. It was not right. It was not nice. It wasn't even a funny joke. And that's what's the worst part about it is that when a comedian makes a joke that is offensive, fine, as long as it's funny. It wasn't funny. You know, it was the kind of joke you have to explain. Like, oh yeah, G.I. Joe, because because she's bald, you know? No, that's not funny. And alopecia is so very real. And it's a condition that many people are affected by. I don't know the exact statistic because I'm not a statistic historian, whatever. But my my one of my best friends and my college roommate, her mom has alopecia. And so I've known about it for a long, long time. And you know, she wears a wig, but there are and but sometimes she doesn't. And there are many, many people that, you know, deal with it in all sorts of different ways. And so it's just it's not something to be joked about. I thought when watching this, like for the first time that Chris Rock didn't know that Jada had this condition upon more research. It seems like he might have known because he made a documentary about black women's hair. Again, unclear to me, but here's, here's how I would have handled it. If I were perfect and I were Will Smith, if I were in my wise mind, you know, Will Smith's a Libra as well. If I were able to be in my wise mind and I was Will Smith, okay, ready? This is exactly what I would have done. After Chris Rock had said the thing, I would have done what he did, which is like probably smile until he realized that Jada was offended by it. Then once I realized my wife or husband was offended by something that was said, I would comfort them immediately and tell them, don't worry, I will I will say something to him at commercial break. Commercial break happens. I go up to him calmly, not throwing hands. And I would say, Hey man, that was really not cool to say, you know, you owe Jada an apology. 
whatever. Then wait until the end of the night because I know I'm winning my goddamn Oscar. Go up with my Oscar win and, and, you know, do my acceptance speech and then say, I'd also like to call awareness to the condition that my wife has. It's called alopecia. And I think that you should all take the time. And this is a great moment to be able to shed some light on what alopecia is. I think you should look it up. You should learn about it and know that it is something that you shouldn't joke about. And I'm just so proud of my wife because she's such an amazing person, whatever, whatever. Okay. Ultimately making Chris Rock feel like a huge fucking asshole and making yourself look amazing. That would have been ideal. It didn't happen, but that would have been ideal. So I just wanted to walk through that. This would have been the right thing. Okay. So I was just at an Indian Jewish wedding. It was so much fun. It's my last wedding for about a month. So I'm really soaking in this month of not going to weddings, even though, trust me, I love going to weddings. I love love. As I mentioned on the last episode, I am a pioneer for weddings. I become best friends with the groom's family, bride's family. I, I love it. I love it. I try to be the last person on the dance floor. Don't get me wrong. Love weddings, but happy to have a month off. This was a really cool interfaith wedding. He is Indian and she is Jewish. And at a different, you know, I have another friend who's in, who's Indian and she actually married a Jewish guy and they did like a um a combined ceremony that was a little bit Indian and a little bit um well, she's Muslim. Um so it was a little bit Muslim, a little bit Jewish, this time Hindu and Jewish. So they decided to do two full weddings. Like she walked down the aisle twice. The first one was the Indian wedding, which was so cool. I will never get sick of going to an Indian wedding. There are so many fun dances and everyone just like really gets colorful and into the spirit. It's like very spirited and so much fun. And I think what I realized is that Hinduism and Jewish culture they have so much in common. So many of the traditions and the things that you walked through at the ceremonies are basically the same thing with just a different religion tied to it. Like there's in Judaism, there's a seven blessings. And so you walk around your partner seven times to bless your family, to bless your your union. And in the in Hindu ceremony, you do the same thing you have seven blessings or maybe it's six or eight, but it's like a blessings thing. And so I just thought it was so interesting. There's so many parallels. And I think that's why, you know, I'm not, I'm not a religious person, but it makes me so sad when religions can't get along because there are so many similarities in each and every religion. I just realized it's over 10 minutes already. So I'm I'm probably going to wrap it up now. Um, We are going to do a another like dedicated solo this month. And it's going to be mostly on wedding rules and things like, you know, someone had asked me to do a guide to weddings with gifts, bachelorette stuff, dresses, websites, unspoken guest rules, maid of honor rules, bridesmaids rules, plus one rules and all that good stuff. And, you know, I just feel like as a professional wedding guest at this point is my duty to do that for you. And then someone actually also asked if we did, if we would do um, an episode dedicated to all things friendship. And um, I know you guys, a lot of you resonated with what I said in last week's episode, and it's so very real. And I, you know, I may look like someone who has a ton of friends and maybe you might look like someone who has a ton of friends, but I think we all struggle at one point to feel like 
we don't or to feel left out. And most of the time that can be resolved with picking up the phone. I think it's hard over text because you just, you never know what people's tone is, how they're feeling about you. I picked up the phone this past week and I called a bunch of friends because I happened to have a day that I didn't have a lot of work stuff. And it was really nice. And I got to talk to a ton of different friends and I felt really good that day. And I remember growing up, my mom used to always be on the phone with her friends. And I was like, why is this Why is this woman all, always on the phone with her friends? And I got it a little bit after that day because I was like, it's, it's really nice to actually connect. So if you're feeling really left out and you're only a texter, pick up the phone and call a friend. If you hear this episode, it could help you. Okay, on to Cammie. Whenever I get asked about my skin, I don't really know what to say because I do the bare minimum. And that's what I've always been used to because I'm terrified of products. I'm terrified. And I can only use a product if I know for sure that it's going to be amazing and that it has backed reviews and people love it. And that's why I use Curology. It's so simple. There's a cleanser and a moisturizer that everyone uses. But then... There's a custom prescription cream for your specific goals. Whether it's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else, for me right now, I'm feeling like I have dark spots on my skin from being in the sun the past two weekends. So instead of going and being extreme and like being like, oh, I need to get some procedure. No, I have Curology. All you have to do is start by taking a short online quiz and uploading photos of your skin. And if it's a good fit, they'll ship you your formula right to your door. It even has your name on the bottle. I have noticed so many amazing results in my skin. The custom formula that I have has this thing called azelaic acid in it. And it's just what I need to get my skin back to normal. It has a few other things in it too, but I'm not going to lie to you. I can't pronounce them. So you're just going to have to take my word for it. Curology is amazing. My husband has actually started using mine and it's really annoying because he doesn't realize it's a custom formula for my skin and not his. But because guys don't ever break out, he's fine. And that's annoying. Also probably because Curology is amazing. Get started with Curology like I did with a free 30-day trial at curology.com slash Acme. All you do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's $5 to have good skin for at least 30 days. Curology.com, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash Acme to start your free 30-day trial. You can cancel anytime and your prescription is subject to consultation. Check it out because they support the podcast. Going off birth control, my body is all sorts of confused. Like truly, I feel like hormones are leaving or they're coming. I'm honestly not sure. But what I need right now, since I kind of got rid of a huge routine that I've been doing for 17 years, is to stay on some sort of routine. And a routine that makes me feel good about what I'm putting into my body, like Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens helps me absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. So I don't have to take a million different pills. I could actually just take a scoop of Athletic Greens, put a little water in it, and then I'm good. I'm good. I've been doing it for 
six weeks now and I love it. It doesn't even taste like gross and healthy. It actually has this like mild tropical taste and I end up looking forward to it every morning. Plus, Athletic Greens is a fan of We Met at Acme. So we are fans of them and we want to support them by trying out Athletic Greens. I mean, there's no coincidence that it has over 7,000 five-star reviews and professional athletes drink Athletic Greens like every single day. So, I mean, if you want to be like a professional athlete, if you want to look like a professional athlete, you should be investing in your health and your Athletic Greens. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into a new season because it's like allergy season and we need all the help we could get. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Acme. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Acme to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Check it out because they support us and we want to support them. Have you been looking for a place to talk all things parenting? And I'm not talking about who makes the best stroller, but the really important stuff like how to be a better and more connected parent or how to raise children with empathy. Well, you are in the right place, folks. My name is Brandy Jordan, and I am a doula and parenting expert. And this is my show, Dear Doula. I will be giving you practical and impactful tips to parent with more joy, more calm, and more ease. I will also be talking to parents and experts who will be helping us to reimagine what it looks like to nurture ourselves and parents in more gentle and mindful ways. I am so excited to be in community with all of you. Can't wait to hear from you. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with the host of Catfish and of the relationship podcast or just relationship podcast, Cammie Crawford. Hey. Hey, it's so <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, Good to meet you too. I wish we were in person, but we'll just obviously have to hang out when you're in New York or I'm in LA. 1,000%. Definitely, definitely. So Cammie, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? I am 29 years young. <laughs> I'll be 30 this year. I can't wait. I'm actually very, very excited about it. I live in Los Angeles and I've been a TV host for a really long ass time. I've been hosting since I was 19. So 10 years pretty much of trying to get my foot in the door, but I took about seven until I booked Catfish. So I've been on Catfish for a little bit over three years as the main co-host with Neve, And it's so much fun. And I started my podcast in September of last year, which is a relationship advice podcast where nothing is off limits, as I feel like is the same with we met at Acme, like everything goes and everything goes. And I've been a content creator and working with brands on social media for years now as well. I feel like there there's a lot of different facets to my life. It's kind of like an onion. Every time I talk to someone new. They're like, I learn something new about you every single time I talk to you. <laughs> like, yeah, it all started I love in it. October of 1992 when I was born. And then there have been several life changes and things that have happened. I was Miss Teen USA in 2010. I had a reality show at one point. There's a lot. I've lived many lives. I realized you really have. And I feel yeah. like you you might be physically 29, but you are like mentally like 
way older. Like 97. you just, no, literally like the advice that you give him just like, <laughs> she's been married three times, divorced yes. three times. Like she's mm-hmm. been, she knows it all. And speaking of relationship status, what is your current relationship status? Single as a peringle. Your girl so, is single. <laughs> you are single, but you're a serial monogamous like myself. So how are you? I mean, I heard in your last most recent episode that you're thriving, but take us through the journey of like becoming single. What what wasn't working in your last relationship? Basically, you know, I was in a relationship for five years with someone that I thought that I was going to marry. We were having all of those conversations. Everything was very much on that trajectory. We started, you know, looking at homes and talking about engagement rings and all those things. And, you know, it didn't work out. And that happens sometimes. I wasn't expecting it just as much as I don't think anyone else was. And it's interesting, though, because, you know, being a public person, you post a lot of your personal life on the internet for people to see and admire. And it was very crazy to see after the relationship ended how many people felt obviously happy for me because I am happy, but also like people were devastated that this relationship ended and they were like, we thought that you guys were going to be together forever. You gave me so much hope. And I'm like, you don't know shit about what was going on behind the scenes in our relationship. But basically, yeah, I mean, it it was working until it didn't. And then, you know, it took about two years for the fallout to occur. Um, Because I'm a Scorpio son, I like to watch things like completely dissipate before I end them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's your rising problem? My rising is Virgo. So of course, like I'm fixing, fixing it. I'm fixing it. I'm mm-hmm. working it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like we're 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 in the process. And then it was kind of like, okay, bitch, like it's it's a wrap. So yeah, so then that ended. But I have had a series of long-term relationships since I was a teenager. Like my first boyfriend, well, my first boyfriend was in the eighth grade and that didn't last very long. But my next boyfriend in high school, we were together for like two and a half years. And then the next boyfriend after that was six years. And then this boyfriend was five years. And, you know, the next one is going to be my last one. I've decided. Yeah. So I know it will. <laughs> it's going to be till death I do know we it part. Will. But OK, so. So let's do, let's go back to an overview of, of astrology for you. So you're a Scorpio mm-hmm. sun, you're a Virgo rising, you're a Libra moon, hence yes. the long-term relationships. Yep. What is your Venus? My Venus is in Sagittarius, which is like super chaotic. Yeah. Very, very, very chaotic energy. Shocking, <laughs> shocking. That is like out of left field because I feel like... Right. Sag just like want to run free alone, which yeah. maybe is why you're enjoying this this singleness at the moment. Definitely enjoying it, but I still find myself when I'm in relationships being like, "Why are you calling me so much? Like, leave me alone. Like, just leave me alone." Yeah, and I I always yeah. chalk it up to like being a Scorpio and just needing like that recharge time. But then there's also the other half. Like, I'll say that in the morning and then in the evening, I'll be like, be my friend. Come cuddle with me. Let's uh-huh. spend uh-huh. together. I love be that. Be together forever. And then I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Don't talk to me for like 24 hours. Literally. And so 
I'm looking at your social media and like there are no photos of said ex. Oh, no, no, Was no. that something that you had at one point or you just mm-hmm. like went back and deleted that shit? No, I 1000% archived and deleted. First, it was like an archive of a few because what I realized was that he had been archiving and deleting our photos while we were together. No. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Yes, this is breaking news. I haven't talked about this. (laughs) He was doing it while we were together. And I was so confused. And I was like, why are all of our Valentine's Day, birthday, like all the posts that you made of me, why are they gone now? And he was like, I didn't delete anything. I only took down one picture because like apparently I took down one picture during an argument that we had. I don't even know what he's talking about. I have no clue. But he said that he just took down one. But then I noticed that like there were no pictures of us on his page dating back to like September of 2019. We didn't break up until November of 2021. So that's a lot of content that just like went missing. And so I was like, okay, like whatever narrative you're trying to paint on your social media is fine. But like, let me help you paint that picture for yourself and also for me. So after the relationship ended, I was like, I don't know, wipe it clean, take it off. And what's amazing is that Instagram, I don't know if you saw this, but they like started this feature right before my breakup where you can delete pictures out of a collage if there's more than like three or four photos in the collage. You can? Yes, yes. So I had posted like a whole series of photos because we did like this really cool couples costume for Halloween And I still wanted to keep my photos up because I looked good as fuck. So I just deleted the ones of him out of it. So now it just looks like it was just me on Halloween. (laughs) Like not me running to all of my ex collages and deleting right now. Yes, exactly. That is so petty of him to like be deleting during your relationship. Like, well, that is sus. There were there were definitely signs there that like whatever. Who knows? Who knows? I didn't have time to ask. I was too busy being out. (laughs) I I gotta go. What was his sign? A Gemini girl. I am entitled to compensation. I'm I'm good. Like I'm I'm good with Geminis because I'm a Libra, but I Mm -hmm. understand why Mm -hmm. people are not. I really do. Um, I love Gemini women though. Gemini women are Amazing. Like I I have some really Mm -hmm. great Gemini women friends, but I will never, if I even hear, if I go on a date and I ask the guy, what is your sign? And he says, skirt, check, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I hear you. But like not all, because you never know the rest of his chart. You never know. So like, Mm. you never know. Mm -mm. Mm. Okay, <laughs> let's let's back it up. I need I need more from you about why this relationship was over. Like mm-hmm. we have so many people who always write in and they're like, how do I know my relationship is over? Like you knew and like obviously you guys had made that decision. You said you knew for years and then you ended it after having known for years. But when you originally had that first thought of like, this is not it, mm-hmm. why? You know, we both had some major shifts in our careers And, you know, for the better, like both of us were, you know, climbing at the same pace. And it was exciting because it was like, okay, we've built all this together and we've done so much grinding to get to this point. And, you know, on my kind of 
hike upwards, I started diving more into like wellness and like mental health and, you know, my fitness and just like really trying to pour back into myself. And I have a really tight group of like friends and like my personal relationships are everything to me. And like my family is huge. I have five sisters. So I just like was like, you know, I've always ran run to ran to the people closest to me in situations where like there's major life changes because I I don't like a lot of change. So I always go to what's familiar and I just could tell and felt and we've had conversations since the breakup, of course, where he agreed that he didn't do that. He dove more into like, you know, being outside and new people and new, you know, everything new, like everything had to be new. Everything had to be exciting. Gemini, <laughs> everything had to be like fresh and it was just we were growing at the same pace in the same direction at first. And then we just kind of like split our priorities shifted. And, you know, of course, in diving into more personal relationships and things like that, I'm I'm thinking that the conversations that we had before this spike in our careers are still happening. I'm still thinking that we're looking at homes. I'm still thinking that we're, you know, on this path to getting married. I'm still thinking that all these things are happening And in his mind, it was like, well, wait, like I am now just experiencing these things like I want to fully experience these things. That's how it felt to me, at Mm. least like it felt like he still wanted to experience whatever shit. I don't fucking know. (laughs) But I'm just like, you know, we didn't do all this together for us to split apart like we did I thought that we were on the same path but I could just see that there were like character shifts and changes that were happening that I wasn't cool with and like I I need for it to be like what I see is what I get because I'm very much like that and people change like things things changing your life that will have an impact on you but it shouldn't change your character so you know it just that's just what happened. It was just like a character mm-hmm. change. And, you know, I think you can tell a lot, especially in heterosexual relationships, about a man when he achieves success or when he achieves money. And, you know, I just kept telling myself that, like, money doesn't change you. It just enhances who you are and, like, puts it on huge display for everyone to see. And that's what I saw. And I, I saw what I needed to see. <laughs> And I said immediately, no, I was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was that. And then, of course, like, you know, we had several arguments and things that were happening. And he has plenty to say about the way that I I reacted and how I was behaving. And I don't negate anything that he said. Like, we, I was probably more controlling towards the end because I was trying to keep a relationship together. That, like, I'm trying to keep us on track. I feel like you're getting off track. <laughs> It's like, but no, like everybody has to live their own truth and be on their own track. And, you know, sometimes those paths bring you together and sometimes they send you in different directions. So I have nothing bad to say, but nothing, nothing else to say either. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is he, is he your same age? No, he was five years older. So he's 34, I believe. It's crazy that like, even if they're, five years older, they still, mm-hmm. you know, hold on to this like going out thing. And mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's so, it's such a gem to meet someone who doesn't care about that yeah. stuff. 
Yeah. And I feel like that's who your next partner is going to be. It's just like someone who like isn't even on Instagram. It's just like, you know. Oh my God, Lindsay. That is literally what I said that I want. <laughs> I literally That's was what like, you're getting. Like, I don't want you to, I don't even care if you have social media, even though I like, I love to stalk, but like, as long as I right. can stalk some really amazing fucking articles of you and like, you know, your LinkedIn, like that is cool by me. Like, and so cool. you're having a rest record. <laughs> right. As long as you exist, you haven't been arrested, but you're not yeah. on Instagram. Perfect, 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 perfect. I love how Cammy talks about how important therapy is when you're going through a breakup. And it's really important. Like I, I can't explain to you. When I was telling you about CBT therapy, I was telling you because I wanted to further my point, but I was also telling you so that if you're someone that has trouble regulating your emotions, you seek the right help for you. You really, you need that help. I mean, we all need that help, you know? Like no one is above therapy. And if you are, you probably need it even more. As a listener of this podcast, I'm working with Talkspace to make sure that you get $100 off your first month of therapy with them. If you haven't heard of Talkspace, it is the most incredible way to connect with a therapist because they have thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialties, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. It's secure and private, and you can text with your therapist instead of having to wait months or weeks until your therapist is available, and then you'll come to them with your problems. You can text them 24-7, and they engage with you daily, five days a week. How could that be any better? Like, truly. Stop annoying your friends with your problems and try Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code ACME and you'll get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's ACME as the code and Talkspace.com. You don't want to miss this opportunity because it won't be here for long. And again, we need all the help we can get, you know? Talkspace.com, promo code ACME. I hope I'm not the only one that's experienced this, but when I was growing up and I had jewelry that I would wear, I would go in the shower or like get it wet somehow, like washing my face and it would rust. And like the copper would like come off on my hands. It was disgusting. And I'm like still kind of scarred from that. And so I took a shower and I realized my ring concierge necklace was still on. And I got out of the shower and I was like, oh my God, no. like it's going to rust. And then I realized that this jewelry is so nice and luxurious and fine that nothing's going to happen to it. And I can honestly take a deep breath because ring concierge is amazing. I have gotten my jewelry, my wedding band, my necklace wet from like all, a million different ways. And it's still in pristine condition. If you haven't heard of Ring Concierge, it's the ultimate luxury jeweler designed for women by women. Don't buy jewelry if it's not made from a woman. Like men are just trying to take over this industry. But Nicole Wegman, who is a boss, is changing the game and changing the way we buy engagement rings and all kinds of jewelry. And I love that. She believes in transparency in another wise opaque industry that has traditionally been dominated, again, 
by men. Like we're over that. We want to support women and women know women and what we want to buy. You don't need to wait for a man to buy you jewelry or anything really. Treat yourself to Ring Concierge. You can follow Ring Concierge on Instagram at Ring Concierge or on their website at ringconcierge.com. That's ringconcierge.com, R-I-N-G-C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E. Ring Concierge, check it out. You said something before about how everyone reached out to you and was like, I'm so sad. I didn't see this coming. Aren't you happy though that they said that instead of like, oh, we knew you were done. Mm-hmm. Like we knew this wasn't going anywhere. You know, I feel like that's yeah. much worse because you're like, oh, wow. Am I the last person to know? Okay. So yeah. then you guys broke up. What was your immediate healing process? Like you have this podcast. Mm-hmm. You, as far as I know, you did not talk about it right away. I didn't because I was literally mourning a loss. Like, because I knew, of course, like throughout the five years, I think we broke up maybe three times, but none of them felt real. This was the only one where I was like, this is over. Like this person is no longer going to be in my life. And I, I don't maintain friendships with exes. Like I don't wish anyone any bad anything, but like I don't maintain friendships because there's just nothing, there's nothing to talk about. So I knew that it was over and it it felt like somebody had literally died. And I it felt like a part of me had died also because the life that I had envisioned with this person was now over and I didn't know what the fuck I was going to be getting into next. And like I said, I've been a long-term relationship girl my entire life. So like getting out of what I thought was going to be my last relationship was scary as hell. I, my immediate healing process was me in the bed. I only had like maybe two days or three days to be fucked up. I could not leave the bed. I could not even open my eyes without immediately bawling. Like I have never experienced that kind of pain ever in my life. Cause any other breakup, it was like, okay, I'm done. Like, you know, Sagittarius Venus kicks in. It's like, okay, bye. Like, <laughs> you know, like not that it, it wasn't sad, but it was just kind of like, I was like young. Like I wasn't planning life with these people, but I was with this person. So I was fucked up. Like my sisters would call me any, anyone who called my phone heard me wailing. Like, and that's not normal. My sisters were like, we literally were like, do we have to put this bitch in a home? Like, is she going to be okay? Because (laughs) they have never heard me like that. Like, I don't, I don't, I cry, of course, but I don't let everyone know when I'm experiencing like pain, but there was nothing that I could do. I couldn't control it. So I was mourning for days and then I still had to record my podcast and I still had to record my TV show and I still had to go to events and like put on my face because that's my job. And I found myself even, you know, here in the Dear Media studio recording my podcast and like zoning the fuck out and like trying to talk to someone like how we're talking right now. And I couldn't even, my brain was like fried. I couldn't do anything. Like I, there was nothing that I could do about it, but I still had to work. And so I think it kind of helped though, because like, at least I was, you know, putting on a pretty face and putting on pretty clothes and going out. And like, it, it made me feel better on the outside at least. 
but then of course, like, you know, the double, I, I usually go to therapy once a week. You know, we had to double that shit up. I had to <laughs> call in some reinforcements. I'm like, as soon as I would get off the session with my therapist, she'd be like, when do you want to schedule your next session? I'm like, tonight. <laughs> immediately, immediately. So that was kind of like the healing process. And then two weeks of mourning, two weeks of being fucked up. And I was at the nice guy having a good time. <laughs> like that was it. And then I just started breathing again. And it was crazy. It was like a, it was like a dark storm had come over my life and like my world. And then it just cleared. And I felt the most clarity that I've ever felt in my life. And I was really happy that I took the time as much as I could to mourn the loss of that. Because once I opened my eyes, I was like, oh, like everything's going to be fine. Like you're going to be fine. And it had to end. Like it, it had to. And that was that. Yeah. I love the emphasis on like, the morning period. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm ca- personally kind of weird about morning a relationship. Like I kind of just dive into another one. Like my Libra mm-hmm. just like takes yeah. over and it's like, you <laughs> must find someone. But yes. I do find that like, it's so crucial to when you are in the feels and like when you are feeling sad to like go home and be sad yes. in that moment. Otherwise, like it'll come back later when you're in your next relationship and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. I did not have this moment. Yeah. You're like, oh, actually I'm sad. Yeah. That's I, I, before I went home, home to Maryland to be with my family for Thanksgiving, of course, immediately went to my hairstylist, got highlights. Like that's a part of the breakup process. Get your hair dyed. Yeah. Obviously. You have to. So <laughs> that was the same thing. Just that don't I went get out. bangs. Just don't get don't bangs. Don't get bangs. Do not get bangs. Definitely get highlights, get a color, like, you know, Olaplex, do the whole thing. And then I went out that night and I felt good and it didn't hit me again. I had like another wave of sadness when I went home for Thanksgiving because that was usually something that we did together. We went to my family's house for Thanksgiving and we had done that for the past five years. So coming home alone for Thanksgiving felt like I had failed at something. I don't know what the failure would have been. My family was not judging me at all. They were like, they were happy for me that I was happy, but it just felt like, oh my God, like now I'm, I go from being the sister who like has everything together and like her plan is set to she's now single and almost 30. Oh my God. And like, what is she, what's next? You know? So I, I went home and cried like a baby in my dad's arms, which I haven't done since I was like 14. So that was different for both of us. We both kind of looked at each other like, what is this? And then that was it. And I didn't cry about it again after that. Yeah. It's, there's something I mean, there's something so sad about going home for Thanksgiving, whether you're in a relationship or not. So like, yeah. I get that. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it just brings this weird, sad feeling. Yes. But I feel like you did all the right things. I mean, anyone listening that's like, I, you know, need to have some advice. I'm going through something like that's all really good advice. I also feel like you going home and having that moment of feeling that you failed is so relatable because mm-hmm. when we were growing up and re- relationships would end, like we'd just be like, yeah, I'm single. What's up? Yeah. And then when we get closer and closer to 30 and a relationship fails, it actually feels like I'd imagine similar to like a, what a divorce feels like. And yeah. it shouldn't 
feel like a failure. But because of society saying like, oh, when you reach a certain age, you have to be married and blah, blah, blah. And if you ever thought that you were going to marry that person, you're like, okay, I, I disappointed society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and almost it's like, like losing no. a job. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like getting fired. Like it feels like getting yeah. fired. <laughs> it feels the same way. I swear to you. And yeah. like, I was... I was 29 when I got out of my last relationship before meeting my husband. And I remember feeling like now I will not be accepted in the circles I hang out with, which are couples, right? Yeah. Like now yeah. I will be like just alone on this journey. And, and that leads me to my next question, which is like, how have you, assuming that you're now meeting people and having fun, how are you meeting these people? Are you, did you get back on dating apps? Were you ever on dating apps? Are you just like being extra social? I have never been on a dating app because when dating apps were created, I was in a relationship. <laughs> so I never got to be on one. And now I'm like, I have way too much anxiety to get on a dating app. And I listen to way too much true crime. And like, obviously working on catfish does not fucking help at all with trying to get on a dating app. So no dating apps for me. I don't think that that's my territory. I have been obviously going out and, you know, not really like the club life. That's not for me. And I don't think my husband is at any club at all. I like to think that my husband is at home, you know, also listening to true crime podcasts and thinking about <laughs> meeting me. So, and like Obviously. putting his crystals together so that he can. So <laughs> that's what I like to think. But I've been, you know, meeting people in person, but I still, I don't know. I, I, I've realized, and I don't know, maybe you can give me some advice on this because I've realized that any guy that I meet without fail it is never that they come up to me and they're like, I really want to take you on a date. That's only happened to me once. Every time they're like, I'm going to marry you. You're my wife. We're going to be together forever. Mm. That happens every single time. It happened to me twice at the same place just last weekend. Two different guys. They were like, we're getting married. Like, cut everyone off. Everything's done. We're together. And like, I like that I give off wifey energy but then at the same time, I'm like, take me on a fucking date, you psychopath. Right. And they were both like, water signs, what? by the way. They're both water signs. So they say that to you at the club <laughs> yes. or wherever you meet them. And then what happens? Like, are you like, okay, Nothing. so prove it. And then do they? Nothing. Nothing happens. They're just like, like they no either one? become yeah. like immediately obsessed and like blow up my phone or this right. happens. This has always happened to me though. Like, I feel like when I meet guys which is not a bad thing. Like, it's really not a bad thing. But when I, I meet guys, I feel like I'm automatically put into the wife category. And there's no, like, dating or courting or, like, let's go have fun. Or, like, it's not... Like, I, I want to be the fun girl, too. Like, I like to have fun. Right. I want to go on a date. Like, I started a few months ago being like, I'm too afraid to go on a date. But now I'm like, fucking ask me on a fucking date. Somebody that I right. actually also, want to like, date, though. You still have to court your wife. Like, you, like, what do they expect? They're going to tell you that you're a wife to them. And then you're just going to be like, okay, get down on one knee. Yes. Like, give me you the don't ring. Know these people. No. Right. And that's what I always tell them. <laughs> like, I, you don't even know me. I could be crazy. And I am. So, like, you should, like, you might want to test this out, test the car before you decide you want to, you know, take it off the lot. It's crazy. I don't, 100%. I don't know. 
I don't but know. But like we we did actually we asked we do these poll questions on our Instagram and, and one one question that someone submitted was like, do you ever have those nights where you like fall in love with someone and like they're talking about like their future with you and then like you never see them again? Yes. Yes. And it was like 60% of people do have those experiences. And it's like, where do all those people go? Yeah. It's the same with like meeting friends out, right? Like when you go somewhere and you meet like a group of girls and you're like, oh my God, we have to get together. We would make the best of friends. Yeah. Like, you probably would. Then you never talk to them again. Never, <laughs> like, never. I've only had one friend that I'm still friends with that when we met out, we were like, let's be the people who say that they're going to hang out after this night and actually do it. And we did. But like most times you never, the girls that you meet in the bathroom, you never talk to them again. And they're your never. best friends for one night. And then you never see them never. again. Like you think about them for the rest of your life. There yeah. And actually I remember there's like this fun me, funny meme I saw once that was like when the girl who you met in the bathroom like f- six years ago unfollows you on Instagram. And it's like the saddest <gasps> moment ever. Oh my God. I have a few of those. Because you're like, let's follow each other and let's like be in each other's weddings yeah, and we're going to yeah, be yeah. best friends. And then you right. never talk to them again. Never. And you never see them out again never. either. Like it's never, no, it's like they you faded like from your gone. memory. Poof. Uh-huh. <laughs> I actually, I have that, I have that connection because I've been going to all these weddings. I'm like in hardcore wedding season right now. Mm. And I will make best friends at this wedding with like the sister of the groom and like yeah. the cousins and everyone and then never see them again in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's like a it's fever dream. It happens. <laughs> it is. It honestly, it feels like it is. All right. Let's talk about catfish a little bit. And then I want to go back to some relationship stuff. Somebody asked and be real with us. How much of catfish is staged? Oh my God. This is the number one question that I think I get every single time I talk about this show. So I'm going to give you the rundown of how it works. So basically... Neve and I don't know shit. We know absolutely nothing. Nobody tells us anything. I like to think of the show and how we go about like investigations and everything as like an escape room. Have you ever been to an escape room? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically we're in this room. We're trying to figure out like the different pieces, trying to figure out who who's the murderer. Like, you know, well, yes, <laughs> that's kind of dramatic for catfish, but like who's the perpetrator? Like who's the catfish? And there is a producer on set that knows kind of where the story is going to end up as far as who the person is going to be. Is it a catfish? Is it not? Because, of course, like we have a casting process and then we have like people have to go through rounds of psych therapy and stuff like that before we can even get to the show. Just to make sure that people are, you know, well aware of what it is that they're getting themselves into, that they're not at harm to themselves or to other people or to us, of course. So just imagine like a lot of the crazy shit that goes down. Like these are the people who have made it through all of those rounds. It takes a while. Like it takes a while. So you have that part of it. And then, you know, background checks and stuff like that to make sure that everybody is, you know, good to be on television and like a part of society. So you have those like checks and balances before. And then we have a producer on set that knows who is going to be at the end of this road. What they don't know is how that's going to be received and which way it's going to go. So, you know, how the person who we're helping is going to receive the person who's coming up. All of that is exactly as you see it. And as we're doing the investigations, everything that you see is exactly what we do. Sometimes we'll be sitting in front of the computer for like three fucking hours trying to figure out who the catfish is. And 
the only thing we can do to look to the producers be like, okay, come on. Like we've been on this Facebook page scrolling for an hour. Can you give us a hint? Like, can we get a hint? And they'll be like, look at 2018. And then we'll go down like, like an escape room when you like call the, like whoever the person is and be like, can we get a, can we get a clue? Like, that's what it's like. So if we're really, really struggling, then they'll be like, okay, look at June of 2018. And then, you know, we'll look through the posts and, you know, these people, they post a million times. So we'll see like, okay, this, this will lead us to this and blah, blah, blah. But that's as quote unquote staged as it is on our side. We don't know anything. We literally don't know anything. We don't know how it's going to turn out. They don't tell us shit. They don't tell us shit. I wish they would tell us more sometimes. But for the most part, like it's exciting kind of going along the journey. And as you're watching it is how it how it goes for pretty much the most part. Like it's very rare that we have to refilm anything because we do everything pretty much like documentary style and people's reactions are their reactions. Now, people who are behind the scenes trying to get on the show and like making their own little scenarios beforehand to apply to the show and get on TV, that ain't got shit to do with me. And I'm very obvious about when I think that that's happening because I, I, physically, emotionally, mentally cannot tap into something that I know is fraudulent. Like, it's just not going to happen. And it honestly pisses Neve and I both off. And we end up calling the person out and they usually end up airing that. So usually when it's a situation like that, we we call it out as much as we can. But people ask this, I'll be at a bar and people will ask me this. <laughs> and I'll give them That's that entire so spiel. Because yeah, I like to know too. It. I'm such a TV fan that like, I like to know is what I'm spending an hour of my time each week watching, like, is this legit or is it not? And I've seen other, you know, reality shows and I know what goes on behind the scenes of those shows, but that's the show. Like that's, that's how it ends up. And like, if there's a fight or like a crazy argument, like that's, we encourage people to express themselves, not physically, but like express themselves as they see fit in the moment. Like, Nobody right. can tell you how to react to being lied to. So it varies. What would you say you've learned about like people through doing catfish? I feel like, you know, just from like watching some clips of you in it, like you seem to be giving like the kind of therapist talk like at the end, like, you know, y- y- people should love you for who you are type thing. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest takeaway? Is it is it something like that? I think... I don't know because it's cliche to say like just be yourself because we live in a world that is so against that that you know you you can only say that if you have all the privileges that are you know that come with people who are immediately attractive or you know immediately well liked like people are living difficult fucking lives and and leading real lives so it's it's too hard to be like oh just be yourself just be you But at the same time, I think I've realized that everyone wants to experience love. Like, you know, some people can say that, I don't really care. But like at the end of the day, I think that even just from childhood growing up to adulthood, like at some point in your life, you wanted to be loved. And I can't knock anyone who wants to experience that, even if it looks a little strange, even if it means that you've been talking to somebody that, you know, you haven't met in five to 10 years, like sometimes having something is better than having nothing depending on where you are in life and where you live and you know 
you have to keep those things in mind too. And then for the people who are doing the catfishing, it's the same kind of thing. Like unless they're like some scammer asshole, typically they just want to experience what everybody else has experienced and they don't want to be judged for how they look or the job that they may not have or, you know, the money or whatever. Like people just want to experience genuine connections with people who are genuine. And I can't be mad at that. You know, and I think that's why I find so much compassion for the people that come on the show, because there are definitely episodes where I'm like, no, this person is a dick. Like they did this to you. You should never talk to them again. And then I meet them and I'm like, oh, like, (laughs) you know, like people have stories like everyone has a story. And I think for the most part, unless you're a murderer, psycho, everyone is worth getting to know and everyone has something to say. So that's what I've learned. Yeah. I mean, like, that's just so true. And like, it's so funny. I remember growing up, um, you know, when I grew up, we had like that one computer in our family and mm-hmm. I would be on like chat rooms and things Same. like that. And I remember <laughs> I was like too young and like too underage to be talking to people. But I was because yeah. like, obviously... I was like a little horny little kid. Yeah. And I would take pictures of like these like hot ass girls on the internet mm-hmm. and I would catfish them. Like I would be like, no, I'm this. Like I'm not seven. Like I'm the yeah. this like <laughs> cute 19 year old girl from like Wisconsin. Yes. And yes. like, you know, obviously it never went further than that. But like, I think we've all had a moment where like we pretended to be something that we were not we have in order all done to, it. yeah, like to get instant approval about ourselves so I have the show is just like so relatable yeah I've contemplated you know even just being out like sometimes I'll have these moments where I'm like why don't I just speak in a British accent and see if people totally think it's legit like but then I'm like bitch you're on tv like what, how are you gonna do that how are you gonna it's do that? also fun to be it's someone fun. else like literally literally, literally it's very literally. fun it'd be so much fun <laughs> and I feel like I could get away with it but then, you know, I'm like, okay, you can't do that. Like, just be yourself. But why? Right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. Okay, I have two more questions for you. And then we're going to go into some rapid fire poll questions. Yes. The biggest lesson you learned about love and relationships from your breakup is? Ooh, the biggest lesson that I learned about love. I just really feel like what is meant to be will be. And if this didn't work out, it's because something else is coming that's supposed to be even better than this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we also have to experience heartbreak, but also loving someone to know what we want to take and what we would like to leave as far as moving into our next relationships. And there's there was so much love there that I definitely would want to take into my next relationship. And there are things that I want to change about myself and how I reacted to some things or how how I want to move forward in future relationships that I learned from going through the relationship, but also being in therapy and like evolving like those things. There are things that you can carry into your next relationship that's not necessarily like baggage, but like good, positive memories and moments and things that you want to share with somebody else. Um, So, yeah, that's what I learned. You said love and... I like that. And relationships. I feel oh, like yeah. that's both. And, yeah. I, and I think that like every relationship is a is a lesson for one reason or, or another. Like mm-hmm. you 
as you said, you take things and then you get closer and closer to knowing exactly what you want mm-hmm. in that next relationship. Yeah. You you talk on your podcast about wifey duties, which I feel like yeah. is similar. We say, we say, we say girlfriend privilege, right? Yes. But for wifey duties, what's an example of one? Okay. So I have been, you know, I posted the clip from the podcast on TikTok and it went viral and it created a big stir from some of the heterosexual men in the comments that are like, well, what do you bring to the table? It's like, shut the fuck up. Always. Because it's oh, always TikTok them. Is, it's so verbally abusive. <laughs> it's, it's like, not okay. Always them. They're like, if you don't show us what we're getting, then, oh, so should we just not do the the husband privileges? It's like, you guys weren't doing that shit anyway. So you don't even have to worry about that. Like, yeah. we're, we're not even on the same playing field. But a wifey duty to me would involve, like, you're going over your boyfriend's house and you're doing his laundry and you're folding it and you're putting it away and you're cleaning up after him. And, like, the things that, like, I am also like a meticulous person. So whenever I would go to my ex's house, I would like wash his dishes and just because I didn't want to see them in the sink or like rearranging Mm -hmm. his dishwasher. Like at some point, I feel like you don't need to be doing that shit. Like you need to be doing that shit when when the relationship is actually like locked down. You have a ring on your finger. Like there are some things that they don't need to know that you're good at yet. I feel like you can leave some things up to the imagination and you don't have to prove anything as far as like what you're doing for somebody as a woman to like get a man to fuck with you because he's going to fuck with you or he's not like he's going to see the wifey potential. I think it through your personality and like the way that your heart is, you don't have to be making his meals and tying his shoes and picking up his dirty drawers off the floor and matching up Mm -mm. his socks like sorry you don't need to be stocking his fridge no. like that's wife shit and we need to reserve that for the wives and when they want to upgrade their subscription and their package then they can then get the stocked fridge and the you know matching of the socks yeah that meal prep is not coming for you unless no. there's a ring it's it's like that <laughs> cardi b cardi b what does she say i don't cook i don't clean but let me tell you i got that ring exactly exactly and you see like it you can still get it you can still get it and then once they once they actually do progress the relationship wow look at what you get i can fold socks isn't that so exciting and he's gonna be like holy shit i met the woman of my dreams she is brilliant she can she she separates the colors and the whites and the blacks and she knows how to do laundry let them let let it be Mm -hmm. a new big reveal big reveal yeah it's it's the big (laughs) reveal it's like why you don't wear like a low-cut shirt on the first date and then when they take your top off they're like oh my god yeah (laughs) look at that okay we're doing some rapid fire Okay. What is worse in sex if it happens too quickly, meaning, you know, mm-hmm. or if they're being selfish? If they're being selfish, for sure. If it happens too quickly, mm-hmm. I take that as like a personal victory. I'm like, yes. Right. But then if it happens too quickly the third time, I'm be like, over no. and over again. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, this is not, a, this is not for me. No. Is it reasonable to give your sibling the cold shoulder and ice them out if they keep taking a toxic, cheating significant other back? Yes or no? Scorpio on me says yes. The Libra says no. 
mm-hmm. that's that's at odds right there. Yes. You're recently out of a relationship and you're not looking for anything serious. Is it weird to use this something casual option on dating apps? Yes or no? No. Mm-hmm. If you take a break in a long-term relationship and get back together, do you think it can work? Yes. Mm. Disagree. <gasps> really? I've seen it work but for we can some talk people. About that. I've seen it work for some people that like broke up for like five years. Yeah. And they got I've married. I've seen it work, you know, I'm doing mm-hmm. quotations. Mm-hmm. Would you rather buy yourself lingerie or have your significant other buy it for you? He can buy it because if I buy it, I'm going to buy some seamless, basic, all black skims. That's it. No mm-hmm. lace, no frills. Love skims. <laughs> yeah. Is it weird to not spend Sunday nights with your significant other if you don't live together is it weird to not spend it to not i don't think it's weird because you might need it to recharge Mm -hmm. yourself you can hang out with them any Mm -hmm. other fucking day of the week (laughs) for me i i like need sunday night comfort because it's like the Mm -hmm. sunday scaries you know i'm like i need you Mm -hmm. near me if you're with me i you know what i like sunday nights but sunday days it's either one or the other. It has to like switch. Either right. we spend the day or we spend the night. I don't need the full mm-hmm. shebang. That's fair. That's fair. If he says he wants to be a stay-at-home dad given the opportunity financially, is this a green flag or a red flag? It's a black flag. <laughs> it's never going to fucking happen. What? <laughs> black no. flag means death. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you mm-hmm. will you will get murdered. If someone is married, are all of their exes fair game? No. Like, if one of my girlfriends gets married, like, can I fuck her ex? Yeah. Absolutely not. I wouldn't even be looking at... When my friends date someone, immediately that person becomes, like, my annoying little brother. Like, there's nothing... Or my annoying big brother. Like, there's no in-between. We're not going to be... No. Ew. No. Right. No. Yeah, that's, that's pretty savage. Like when you get married, you're not, you're not dead. Yeah. You're still alive and kicking. feelings. If you've been with your significant other for one and a half years and you're eligible for a promotion, but it requires moving to a different state, do you, and your significant other just started law school, meaning you would have to be in a long-term relationship for three years or sorry, long distance relationship. Should you prioritize your job or love? Are you married? No, but they're the one, this person says. Mm, I might have to take that job for 500, Alex. Sorry. I don't, I'm not for like missing opportunities for a non husband. Now, if we're married and we have kids, then like, yeah, we, we need to discuss that. But if we're not married, like when I moved to LA, my ex and I were living in New York at the time. And I was like, I have to go to LA. So see ya when I see ya. But like I have, to, right. this is what I have to do. And he, it just so happened that he also got a job opportunity out here at the same time. So like it worked out, but I was going regardless. Like don't ever, ever stop your life or like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen anyway. Like if you're going to break up, you're, you were going to break up anyway. So like take the job, take the right. opportunity and don't miss out on life because you're in love because that could end. And then what? Then you would have missed the opportunity and you still broke up. And you're still in the same right. place that you were before. Fuck that. Or you're you stay together, but you resent them because mm-hmm. your job now sucks because mm-hmm. you didn't take the good one. Yeah. 
Amazing. Cami, can you please leave us with a quote or piece of advice, something that you live by or just that you like? Mm. Ooh, I have so many things running through my head. You know, I am someone who feels like you should just go big for everything that you want in life. Like there's no small, no small anything. Like you, if you want a big job, go for the big job. If you want a big love that's going to last forever and like be super meaningful to your life and, you know, pour into you the way that you deserve to be poured into, like go for that. Like anything that you want, like go, don't settle for shit. Like go for the big thing and you deserve it. So you're going to get it eventually, but like, just go, go big, go for the big thing. Don't, don't settle for less. Amen. I could not agree more. Where can everyone find you, follow you, watch you, and listen to you? You could find me on all social platforms at Cami Crawford, K-A-M-I-E. And then Relationship airs every Friday on Dear Media also. So make sure you check us out at Relationship on Instagram. Yeah, the podcast is is kicking. I love this life. This is great. I love the podcast it's life. Fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. It was so of great course. chatting. Same. Thank you. 